welcome. You're listening to the MCMI podcast, where a cop, an IT guy, a musician, and a pastor get together and just talk about different nerdy things. Enjoy. Caves that aren't caves, and other, well, actually lots of caves, all throughout this movie. We're, of course, talking about episode five. The Empire Strikes Back. I think it's my least favorite one out of the three original ones. I have to go. Um, <laughs> oh, I, oh, I was is. supposed to meet with Matt, actually. I forgot. I gotta go. But, oh, he's uh, not here. Shocker. Yeah, I think it's my least favorite one. I really do. Least favorite one of the original trilogy? Yes. Yes. But not by, like... I mean, it's a fine margin, but I think... You like A New Hope better than you like I do. Empire. I do. Ugh. No. We'll get into that. I do like how this movie starts, though, with, like, Luke just kind of, like, out on the, on the, I don't know, like the tundra, I guess. I don't know. And he's, like, he's on his tauntaun, and he's just scouting about, and then that, there's, uh, that viper droid, the probe droid, that is out there, and it's, like, we don't know yet, like, what it's looking for. We don't know, but. Probably not these droids. At that point in the film, I don't think we had seen the droids yet. But. <laughs> well, because in episode I, four, those were not the droids. That they were yeah, yeah, we, we got it. I do think it's, see, I think that's my least favorite part about the movie, is the opening. Really? Yeah, because I think it's so random to just be out in the middle of nowhere. Like, what are they doing out there? Well, I th- like, he, I think there was one point where Han Solo was like, he hasn't come back from patrol yet, like, talking to some random dude. Right. And it's like, but, but what are you going out there to do? Uh, that, I don't think, is actually addressed in the film. Well, it's the, they think a meteor is hit. So they, they see the landing of the probe droid, right. but they don't know it's a probe droid. So Luke goes out to oh, see okay. what happens. Sense. And that's when the whole thing ensues. So we don't, but we, you said we don't see that happen? Well, we don't see that it's a probe droid. We don't know. They, what they say is that something has landed oh, here and they've sent Luke out to Because that always bothers me where, like, they're just out and about just doing random. It also bothers me that when Han Solo hasn't, when he realizes that Luke hasn't come back yet, instead of being like, I'm going to go get on one of these ships and go find him. He gets he gets on the tauntaun and goes and looks for him. Like, why wouldn't you go get in a ship? It's freezing outside. Well, it I think because it's so cold on Hoth that the fuel freezes. I think that. Yeah, but then the very next group of people that go out to look for Han and Luke are in a in a ship. But, but that's during the day. Dip, not exactly. Night. Oh, I guess that's the true. difference is. But see, my my and I could be wrong. And you know, if I go and re rewatch the intro to episode five, um, my interpretation of the beginning was that. Uh, or what I can recall, is Luke was already out on patrol. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, he's just out and about. Right. And then the thing crashes, and then he happens to already be out there. And I'm not sure if they radio to him, and I'm like, hey, Luke, can you go check it out in such and such quadrant or whatever? But, like, I just thought that that part was random, but I thought it was a really cool contrast to... The only other is. planets that we saw were, like... Rainforest planets. The... Exactly. We saw Dagobah, which was a swamp. Well, we haven't... And then we saw Tatooine in the previous film. We didn't see Dagobah in the previous film. No? I thought he went to... He goes to Dagobah in this, this one. one. That's right. A New Hope has Tatooine. That's right. When he's... And... Gosh, he just... 
Yeah, it has Tatooine. Okay, pause. <laughs> we'll, we'll fix it. We'll fix this in post. Um, oh. It's, yeah. I jumped so far ahead. You really did. You went off the rails. <laughs> it's like Nick the is the middle Phantom of the Menace. film already. Um, yeah, but but no, but I do agree that's actually what I was thinking too, is that we've seen kind of a couple of landscapes already. Space. Um, we don't see a lot of Yavin 4, but there's sort of foresty stuff. Yeah. I, was and that's was, I was this close to in, interjecting the final frontier. <laughs> wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get some people upset. But yeah, so it's interesting to be on this sort of... I mean, again, there, and that's... And maybe that's why... So I, I remember these videos well because of the video games that came out on Super Nintendo. And so there is an aspect of like, ooh, now we're on the ice planet, right? No, now we're on the water planet. Like, which isn't a bad thing, but I think that's... That's very like Super Mario to me, though. Right. But I think for the time, when you're thinking about this is the late 70s or the 80s as these movies are being made, yeah. that's, I mean, video games are just starting to come about. Get so out. if anything, video games probably are taking these tropes from the adventure movies rather than the other way around. Mm. You compare Star Wars to video games a lot. I like video games. You compared every person in episode one, two, and three to video games characters. Oh. And, that, and that's why... You have such a disdain for them. It's well, it's because those movies are not movies. They're video games. They're just one real long cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you played of. Resident Evil? Director Scott? No. They used real actors. Yeah, they did use real actors in that Mortal Kombat game, too. <laughs> when a guy pokes his head and goes, whoopsie! Well, no, they also used mocap. They used real actors, like the, yeah. the, the the characters themselves are actually real people yeah. that they turned into sprites. Yeah, so back to Star Wars. Oh, this man. is, uh, you know what is uh, has always cracked me up about this one, though? The uh, the the snow monster. Does that not remind you of the, uh, the like, abominable snowman from, from the uh, Rudolph? Right yes, there. the Rudolph one. The I'm claymation. Like, I'm like, that's the same thing. Wait, yeah, no, no. Kind of. Does it have the horn? That goes down like this? Oh, I don't know, but it's so no, close. But it, yeah. You know what else? Yeah. No, Why would you I not think just like? Every time. Do you? Don't you think? Like, if you're Luke, you chop that thing's arm off. You go ahead and kill it, finish it off, and then just maybe stay in its cave until morning, instead of just going out and wandering in the uh, freezing cold tundra where you know you're gonna die. Maybe I think there might also doesn't he hear? Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the cave might have more than one in it. So him staying in there, there's a potential of being hurt by more animals. Like it's not necessarily a safe. The cave that that uh, the Wamp is in is not a safe. Yeah, but place I think that cave is safer than going out randomly looking for nothing that's showing up. Maybe, yeah. That always kind of bothered me. I think it's a rock and a hard place. It's the cold and. All right, Nick, say something. <laughs> when he cut off the arm of that wampa, that's what it's called, by the way. Yeah, we'll go with the uh, Rudolph monster. Okay. When he cut off the arm of it, I, I'm thinking, like, I would not want to stick around to see, one, how many more there are, and two, like, how angry you just made this thing because you cut off its arm. Yeah, but you got a lightsaber. You've cut that arm off like butter, though. Okay, but here's the flip side of it. 
and it's just something that I've never found an explanation for. How did he end up frozen upside down? Like that How creature would you has not to... end up upside down frozen? I'm kidding. That's a stretch. <laughs> but, but, I'm sorry. You, that's know, you think about that. That's a smart <clears throat> creature then who is able to, because it's not like a web of a spider. Yeah, or... he wants to keep his food fresh. Yeah, but so that's, it's, it's, I just think, I've always thought that's a really interesting... Do we know that it was actually, like, frozen water? Or well, did I don't it just exactly look what... like snow? Well, I don't know, but he cuts himself down from it, so my assumption is the lightsaber is hot, as we love to make sure we know. Lightsabers are hot, and the ice is cold, and so he, he's unleashing his feet from... I mean, I guess it could be a sticky substance, but it doesn't... It doesn't seem so. Appear to be, yeah. Right. Right. And it seems like that kind of a creature. If you're an ice creature, you would use, you're gonna use your ice. environment. Right. And they had plenty of it there. But, I mean, that's kind of terrifying to think you get knocked out and then you wake up upside down. You know, yeah, I, I would not want to stick around. Looking at this big monster just... Like, does he have ice breath? I don't know. Part of me wonders if you would wake up faster because the blood is pulling in, to, in your head. I think you would wake up with a terrible headache... Be extremely confused. And also, how convenient is his lightsaber? Like, that monster was like, Hey, I know this is your tool. I'm going to put it just barely out of reach of you. I want to make sure it's just out of reach. Hey, good for Luke, though. Yeah, it's called the MacGuffin. Anyway, let's get on to a really <laughs> awkward moment that we find out about. Uh, Leia kisses her brother on the lips. Oh, I thought you were going to say... Han stuffs Luke into a dead animal's body. Oh, <laughs> to keep him warm. No, I was skipping that part, even though it's a pretty big part. But that's the, uh, going back to what we've discussed before, as in the, uh, like the plots of the movie have changed, like, like things that happened in episode five they didn't know about that were going to happen in, like, episode four. So, like, Leia and Luke being brother and sister... Did they find uh, they find that out in five, right? At the at, at the towards end. the end, yeah. Yes. But don't you think, like in the beginning of the movie, like or like they wrap it all up and they're like, all right, and cut. That's it. That's a wrap on this movie. That they'd be like, that Carrie Fisher would have been like, hey, y'all know I kissed him on the lips, right? And we're brother and sister. Nah, and George Lucas just went, nah, it's cool. People are really gonna love it. She was too high, making too much money. She didn't care. Coke nail. Yeah, okay. That's, that's, not, that's not till return, but yes. Wow. But that always bugged me. That they smooched. That what are you going to do? <laughs> All right, that's uh, <laughs> weird. <laughs> well, because again, you have to think about... It, and uh, I don't... When exactly does it happen? In the very beginning of the movie, because uh, Han is trying to leave... And they are getting into like an argument whether or and not she should grabs stay, him, right? or he says because you know you want to kiss me or you like me or you love me something like that, and she kisses him on the lips. Right. So it's there's not it's not a sexual advance. It's not romantic. It's not anything. It's a in her it's her way of using in this sense Luke as an object, not as a romantic interest. I mean, look at the look at the way that Luke looked at Han as soon as he got kissed and then she walks out the room. Yeah, he, I just he like 
goes like this or whatever. And I just, just he puts it, his hands above his head. I wish it would have been at the address when he when Luke and Leia meet again, and they're like, "Hey, I'm they we're do. brother and sister." They do. But like, if she had been like, get yeah, Endor on the gosh, next that's movie, disgusting. Right? They it does get addressed because then, but Leia doesn't reveal it to Han. But that's the next movie. It, they address it. They address it in the next movie. They do. I have to go back. I don't need to watch it again. But. Yeah, no, you need to go watch Return again. Because there's the whole, she's like, I can't tell you. And she's got like the long hair and they're on the bridges in, in, in New oh, York City. I know what I want to ask you boys. This has, really this is episode four, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. So just follow me on here. How does Leia have the title of princess? Because her dad is just a senator. Right? Well, we've already discussed this in the in episodes one through three, and that's that the these titles apparently don't mean the same thing in the Star Wars universe as they mean <coughs> to us. I know. I, I just didn't know if there was like because they always would just refer to her as Princess Leia. Well, look at what happened with uh, Senator Amidala. She was what a princess. Well, she was a queen. I I feel well. Well, that answers your question. She's the daughter of a queen. Yeah, technically. <laughs> but she's not a queen when she gives birth to her. But she also is not a queen. I mean, she just randomly I goes still, from queen to senator. I still don't understand how that I don't works. Either. Because if you're if you're an heir to the throne, then you don't just step down from the throne. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it sounds like we're getting too far away. But I think they're all elected positions. But anyway, she's terrible. Honestly, you know what, though? I think we did just reveal something about George Lucas. In that, in his distorted mind, he had to make Padme a queen so that her daughter could actually be Princess Leia. Yeah, because, I mean, she's really not princess of anything. There's just a group of guys that are like, yeah, we'll fight with you. And she goes, all right, I'm the princess. You have my sword. My axe. What? My bow. What was that? About Lord of the Rings. That is not even... There's no princess in Lord of the Rings. What are you talking about? He just had a group of guys that was going to fight with him, so that's what it reminded me of. Anyway. Oh, the Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. Yes. All right. So, tune in next week. <laughs> so, back to Hoth. We're still talking about Star Wars yeah, next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, back to Hoth. I think we can move past Hoth. Well, no, because I want to talk about one thing. And it's a spoiler if you want to leave. Because it's about something you haven't been able to experience yet. And you probably never will. Oh gosh, the rise of the resistance. I know that's where you're going with it, isn't it? Go ahead. The, I think one of the coolest parts of and cut. episode 2, or episode 5, is the AT-ATs. And that battle and the way yeah. that the, the small ships are able to, to tie up their legs. But what's even cooler is when you go on a ride at Disney and you get to go underneath an AT-AT, like, in full, like, all of its glory. Because they're so big and, like, it's... Well, you kind of get to see it at the, um, in the beginning of the, uh, uh, the, uh, blah, 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 blah. Outside of Star yeah. Tours. No, no, no. These are, like, giant. Like, you go through a room and you're like, it's, it's, they're bigger than that one. They're life size. He's rubbing it in my face. Right well, okay, now. when you say life size, good just to give some scale contextually for the listeners, because you're saying that you're looking up from a room and you're on a ride and yeah. you're you're being piloted through these different rooms. And one of the rooms is like oh, so you're not actually making. you're not walking. Not at that point. No, you're on you're on like the 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 ride part of it, the third part of the ride. 
Gosh, man, I want to go in that so bad. Oh, it's so cool. But I think that's a really... I love that battle. I love that land battle. I think it's a really well shot, really interesting, because it's such a... It's such a um, desperate moment, right? They're just trying to hold them off long enough to get everyone out, to get yeah, the plans out. Yeah, that is a cool moment. You know, and then, and then you have just these little fighters. And at one point, like, Luke gets out and is, like, climbing up and throwing bombs in one. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just, it's a really smart battle scene um, that doesn't require a million things going on. Like, the, you know, it's really well shot and well thought out. And then it's at that point where they split. Right, where Luke decides because he's seen Obi-Wan's ghost and he's like, oh, Dagobah, oh, is there. That's right. So that's where they split off. Gosh, Luke goes I'm to Dagobah. a big part of the movie. I know. And, and Han and Leia are supposed to go. Where are they? I don't know where they're heading, but they end up, the hyperdrive or whatever fails and they end up in the asteroid belt. I think they're going to a Chili's. Eat fresh. <laughs> that's sad. Subway. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Anyway. Yes, they end up in that uh, asteroid field, and they end up landing on one. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. takes it to... Uh, Are they going to Cloud City? Are they intended to go to Cloud City? I mean, oh, that's where they end up. I just don't remember if that's where they're meaning to go. Like, I don't do think you want to go see Lando? I can't, I can't remember. Well, I head. think Han still thinks that like, he's a good friend or something like that. Right. Um... Which I guess he is. He ends up being still a good friend, but like it, at this point, we've never met Lando. We didn't. We don't know the connection between Han and him, and all we know is that Han is like, well, I got, I've got like some connections there at Cloud City, and they're gonna hook us up, and and maybe also, he was thinking like we can get some weapons for the for the Rebel Alliance. You know, so I don't, I don't really know what the modus operandi was for going there per se, but. But either way, they land on an asteroid. Yes. And they go into a cave of wonders. And it turns out to be a big worm monster. Which is another just great. You know, we had that little bit of a moment where you don't ever see the monster in in episode four, where they're in the trash compactor. You like see, yeah, the, you eyeball, see the eyeball pop and you up, hear right? it moving around. Um, and you see him getting pulled under. But this is like one of the f- first big Star Wars creature things I think that we see. And it's, and it's pretty, big. pretty big, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to get technical, you do see some pretty big monsters in the first one when they're under the water. This is the thing that I've never understood. This, this is the thing I've never understood. See, but even those monsters made sense because you see the way that they're eating other creatures that are comparable oh, a bigger fish. comparable in size, right? So it justifies the size of them being as big as they are. But my problem with the um, monster that comes out of the asteroid, the worm or whatever. What's it eating? It Exactly. What is it eating to sustain it to the point that it can be that large? Or is its lifespan like so vast that just for, for the sheer amount of time it like keeps growing and growing you know what i mean mm-hmm. but then there's the you know later in the movie we see that there's a another or actually i think it's the beginning of the um third the uh third of the first trilogy 
so that would be episode six. It's the Sarlacc, the Sarlacc pit. pit, yeah. And that's how I pick can make more sense because it's a desert. You know, there's going to be animals. It's hiding. It's almost like a Venus flytrap where things yeah. can be right. And it's also actually, it's at the bottom of like a it's uh, not a hole moving. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't move. And plus that thing, I think they actually say that it's like it digests for years. like a thousand years, which I'm just like, I can't even imagine that. Like, first of all, you're not going to be alive that long. There's no way. But. Unless there's something about it's like stomach acid that keeps you alive. Or oh man! Anyways, we've a lot we've of preservatives. Really... Well, you know, it could be like what's the like the fungus, the mycelium, the things that like the fungus that take over ants and stuff. Oh yeah. Or like brain controls, so yeah, they're yeah. still alive, but they're not in control. It could be like that. Wow. I bet that it makes suck. those ants some fun guys, right? <laughs> I have some ant acid in the other room. If you oh, okay, it. thank you. I don't have any ant puns. So. <laughs> contribute I'm sorry so they get away in the meantime real quick you know what kind of, it's kind of funny to me to so the whole thing when they're leaving that like when they realize they were in some kind of creature they're leaving like they're flying and it's closing its mouth right <clears throat> it takes so long for that thing to just close its mouth but you see how fast it jumps up like to come out you know what I mean I do know I what you mean. I do know what you mean. I don't think it's as slow as... I mean, it's enough for them to, to fly out. Like, they fly in between his teeth. Right. And then it just, like, jumps out randomly like it got some burst of energy. Well, maybe it had been sleeping. Maybe it's maybe it's a creature that, like, um, hibernates for a long period of time, and they woke it up. Mm. And so that's why it doesn't need to eat. It only needs to eat a whole bunch of stuff what? every so often. Maybe it eat rocks. <laughs> Man, that sucks for that thing. That means that like it got woken up out of out of its cycle, and it probably starved to death shortly after that. Yep. Hey, that's show business. Oh well. Man, I feel bad for that space worm. Well, we'll have a memorial service when we're done for it. Okay. Uh, now let's get to Dagobah, where you get to see uh, Yoda, who's been on like opium and is losing his mind. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Does doesn't doesn't Luke crash on Dagobah. Yeah. So, or he lands in the swamp right. and then it sinks. Yes. Least. Yeah. He's intentionally going there, but he doesn't make a very solid landing. You know what's crazy? So that's a planet, right? Dagobah's a planet. Mm-hmm. It's a huge planet. Now I know you, we could all say like, "Oh, it was a force that led him," and blah blah blah. Don't you think it's just so unlikely that in this entire planet he just happens to crash land six feet away? From opia-infused Yoda, the one person he's looking for. Probably the only person on that planet. Well, it's the same thing I said about episode one when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go on separate ships and And end up up to be in the same forest. Yeah, that always just kind of bugged me. But I also think it's crazy that Yoda, like... And I know that you don't like this, but I'm going to say it anyway, so just deal with it. He doesn't use Force Push? Well, that too. Well, he does for force pull. Like, he lifts that thing up out of the water. That's pretty cool. But the fact that Yoda in, 20, what, 17, 20 years has completely lost his mind. I think that's fair, though. I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to, there's, there's, I think, two arguments to that. If we're, if we're taking the prequels into account. Which you have to. You don't have to. Some of us don't have to. I don't have to. So, <laughs> if you take the prequels into account, 
everything has blown up in Yoda and Mace Windu's face. Yeah. Nothing that they've tried to you accomplish. Mean Obi-Wan. No, I mean Mace because Obi because Yoda and Mace are essentially the leaders of the Jedi. Now Mace is dead. Yoda's left by himself with an unfulfilled prophecy, the Sith returning in full, and the death of literally the entire Jedi Order. Yeah. That would drive me... And then and then secludes himself onto a planet with no other living creatures that he can have conversations with. That would drive me yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I didn't think about it like that. If we don't take them into account, then we have Yoda who's an actual character instead of Yoda who has to have this extra plot line. Yeah. But then you look at him later on and... I th- uh, he dies in this movie or the next one? He dies in the, in, in the beginning of the Luke next comes one. back yeah. to Dagobah in, in Return of the Jedi, and then he does the Force dissolve thing. Yeah. All right, where he, like, dissipates. Well, that's what Obi-Wan does, too. That's what Princess Leia ends up doing, where they just dissipate. And <laughs> they, they turn into midi-chlorins. I can't stand her. <laughs> anyway... That's my thought on Yoda. Being and you a get to crazy. see a you get to see a snake on Dagobah. It's like the only normal animal. Well, isn't there a little like woodland like creatures a, by his like hut? Aren't there little like scurrying things? Oh, I don't know. I just remember seeing a snake and being like, "Hey, normal animal." Because he like kills something and eats it. I have a very distinct memory of this. I could be wrong. It's not that distinct if you can't say what it is. I'm sorry, I don't know the identity of every Star Wars creature. Um, Nick does. No. <laughs> no, you give me far too much credit, sir. Um, so, yeah, no, that doesn't bother me at all about Yoda. I sort of like it, because I also think it's interesting. You know, he's the weird... You don't expect to get anything out of him, and then all of a sudden... You know, again, there's this expectation, and Luke's been told by Obi-Wan, he's this great, you know, Jedi Master, and then... He's the senile old man. Yeah. Right. Old hermit. And then he's... But it goes on to prove you can't judge a book by its cover because he pulls the X-Wing out. He takes him and trains him how to stand on his head and lift rocks. But up until that point, he had trained him, like, how to lift rocks and stones and move them around and stuff like that. Even big big ones. Mm -hmm. But, like, when he asked him to to do the same thing with the X-Wing that had submerged, he was like, it's impossible. There's no one can do that. And then he just, he literally just closes his eyes, shakes a little bit with his little three fingers and raises it. Yeah. And you know what's cute about that? I feel like when the Mandalorian came out, that was a cute little homage thing when the baby Yoda did that. He closed his eyes and he waved his little three fingers and that huge rhino that was charging the Mandalorian. That was a cool scene. Yeah. But anyways, I digress. Hey, what do you think happened to his lightsaber? His, his... Cute little lightsaber. And you just stayed right there. You think Luke went through all of his stuff? Well, no, it's, that, that's no. that's his oven. No. <laughs> Come on. An easy bake? <laughs> an easy bake oven? Why not? Long. Turns it on and just sets a womp rats over the top of it. Exactly. Wow. Wait, do they have womp? I don't know, Nick. Okay. It's I thought those were on Tatooine. They are. Maybe yeah. they are. Yeah, for someone who said they don't know all the little creatures, you, know, you already have a lot to say. But at say. least I know where they, you know, live. That's, and I only know that because that was a that was one of the catchphrases that uh, Luke would, would talk about. He's like, oh yeah, it's just like, you know. Shooting womp rats. Shooting womp rats. 
Hey, but do you think Luke did go through all of his stuff? No. Uh, you mean after he died? Yeah. No. Not in the immediate. Maybe eventually when he. Oh, I would have. I would have one hundred percent looked through everything he owned. No, because I mean, we almost see the sequence of events. Like he dies, and then he comes out and has a conversation with with Obi Wan, who then is like, "Yeah, I lied to you," or. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, because uh, he's telling him about his dad. Right, and then he gets on the ship and immediately leaves. Like, there's not any time for it. I would have went back and looked through what? stuff. He would have found a really cool little S- lightsaber. So I feel like we've we've. Jumped ahead again. Yeah, we're in the wrong movie. Because I was going to say... we are. I was going to say, like, he's still alive when he leaves to go face his father. And he's like, he's not ready. And then something something, something about there being another. No, you guys... there is another, right? Yeah, Yoda right. says that to Obi-Wan as Luke but is all of this, away. Because again, this... we find out that Leia is Luke's sister. Right. By the end of the but movie. we also don't know that that's who he was talking about. We just assume that that's who he's talking about, especially after the prequels come out. You know, you're like, oh, I wonder, that's probably what Yoda meant. Is But at the time that the movie came out, you had no concept of like... Who it was. How many Force users are in the, in the Star Wars galaxy, or that they've diminished from years past because of, of the Clone Wars and all that. And Order 66. Um, I don't know if there was any other mandate, like, in the pseudo-lore of the Star Wars universe. If there was something other than Order 66, because that was specifically to take out the Jedi, Mm -hmm. right? But think about it. Even though there were so many Jedi in, like, these centralized locations all around the galaxy, and they were basically, like, fish in a barrel, um, and they took them all out. Or most of them. We know, I guess, some of them got away, but very few. There's still tons of Force sensitives out there that don't even, like, they don't even know how to tap into their Force ability. You right. know, their, their Force sensitivity, I should say. And then kind of build build that up. Which we see played out in the newer trilogy with Maz and Finn even a little bit. Where they're... But I'm, I'm just curious, are, do you guys know of any other... Like what other than Leia, what can we assume is is the other person or persons perhaps? Well, I'm sure there's tons of people out there that are I mean, look at Ray. She even before she had any formal training, she was still force sensitive. She just didn't know it. At that time I don't think Ray was alive, was she? No, no, no. I'm just saying like down the line, like she's a force sensitive person, but she had no idea. Okay. So Maz is force sensitive, but she doesn't do anything with it. Like I'm sure there's tons of people that have interactions with the force. And I just, just meant not quite specifically, sure. like yeah. specifically to like that scene where Yoda says that. That's always confounded me as I'm like, well, so it's, it's it goes back to what I was saying earlier though. If you look at it in light of the prequels, of course Yoda knows. Mm-hmm. If we don't look at it in light of the prequels, did George Lucas know ahead of time? At the time, probably not. Right, he was leaving it as an open-ended thing. God, he's so good at that. Right, but he got away with it because he So had... good or so bad at it? No, he's, I mean, that's what makes those serials interesting, because there's always a cliffhanger, and you never really know what's going to happen. Yeah, like he did that, that whole... in uh, episode one, when he's talking about Darth Maul, and he says, like, uh, if you had never seen any of the movies... Oh, where he says saying, there's like, always the, a master. Yeah. But that's... But always, see, but well, he says always two. But that's not smart, because we see his master. Yeah. Whereas in this case, it's really smart, because it is this whole mystery thing of, like... 
you know, he was our only hope or our last hope or yeah, whatever. And Yoda says, no, there is another. And in the initial watching of this movie, yeah, there would be no way you would think it would be like The fact that Ben Kenobi, the fact that Obi-Wan didn't know that, though, and he's a Force ghost, meaning he's not bound by space and time. Like, <laughs> well, and also, he was, all, again, talking about the perspective, he was there when Padme gave birth. But with, without the prequels. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Without the prequels. That, all I'm saying is George Lucas is good at, at But, again, maybe that speaks more to... Because Obi-Wan is sort of a not very... In just, if you look at just the original trilogy, Obi-Wan is not a very powerful Jedi. No. He's not portrayed as a no. very powerful Jedi. No. He's just sort of a normal guy. According he, to Anakin, though, he's as powerful as Mace Windu. Right. But that's what I'm saying. So if we take away the prequels for a second... Right. Obi-Wan not being able to figure out that Leia is that person makes sense. That Yoda would be able to know that because of his sensitivities being greater than Obi-Wan's. Mm. Even after, even in death. Right. The other thought there, too, is... Um, you know, we do know that Obi-Wan feels the destruction of Alderaan. And maybe there's an assumption at that point for him that... Maybe he could have felt there was someone there, which turns out to have been Princess Leia later, you know, and in the destruction of that, maybe he's assumed that, not knowing that it was Leia, that maybe there was someone else on Alderaan who was a Force user or a Force-sensitive person who was destroyed in that, and so now his entire focus becomes on Luke solely. Hmm. I have another uh, rambling. It's not really a rambling, it's another observation. Is it going to be about this movie? <clears throat> Um, it's going to be about the Star Wars movies. Oh, okay, good. Uh, so, we know that, I mean, Yoda in episode 3 says that he puts himself, like, he has to exile himself. Like, he failed. He has to exile himself. Oh, right, yes. You know, we had talked before about, does Obi-Wan go to, um... Tatooine? Tatooine to look out for Luke? Or is it just, like, coincidence that he ends up there? And I was re-watching episode 3 again... And it's and Obi Wan actually says, like I'll look after the boy. Right. They they write it. It's, it's so that in. so that's like his form of exile as well. Right. Is being stuck there yet looking after. Well, and again, if we're gonna go into retcon territory, the reason Yoda specifically goes to Dagobah is because there's rumors that there's the black, a place, the cave, that you can learn to live forever through the dark side, and that cave is on Dagobah, which is the cave that Luke ends and up he, does training. He, does he say that in in end of episode 3? Mm-hmm. I know he says that, you know, your uh, former uh, master learned this ability. Right. Oh, in episode 3, they might. Yes. That, okay, I have to rewatch But that. again, that wasn't, that wasn't part of episode 5 originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But it's kind of interesting, you know, it just gives another layer of why Dagobah versus anywhere else for Yoda, that it actually gives a a reason that he's gone there specifically. So what you're talking about when you say that about the cave, is that the cave of evil? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in that cave, we're saying that Qui-Gon Jinn went there first, right? Because as far as we know from the prequels, how they explain how Obi-Wan and Yoda eventually turned into Force Ghosts is... Um, he tells Obi-Wan in, I think it's episode two. Who's he? Yoda. Yoda he tells... Talks, he talks to Obi-Wan and says, we have heard from... Three. 
That's at the very end of episode three, episode right after three. Padme gives birth. Okay. We hear, we, we've heard from your old master, Qui-Gon, and th- that's when they find out, like, oh, wow, so he didn't really, like, pass away. He, like, converted his, which, again, I think we already covered that, where I, I remember voicing this before, it's like, th- that was never properly, like, done. It's like, we saw him die, like, in front of us, unlike what happened to Ben Kenobi. Yeah, he didn't... He just, like... He didn't become one with the Force. He was straight up killed. He was killed. And then, I don't know if, like, there's a delay that happened. Because it did take a while for him to apparently become and, like, show himself as a Force ghost. Yeah, I mean, you're talking... Because that that's literally the time between... 20 years, just about. Right? Because no, Anakin... About 15. Anakin's a kid. Anakin's, like, a little boy. And then it took him at least that long. And then the Clone Wars, Attack of the Clones, that is kind of the... I feel like that's kind of the end, or maybe the middle of the Clone Wars, which we know that that's like an entire series in itself and takes place over many years. So it took him at least that long to coalesce as a, as a Force ghost. But, so the inference here is that that Cave of Evil was where Qui-Gon went to learn that skill, and then he shared that, I I guess, as his Force Ghost self, how he did it with Obi-Wan? Maybe. At some point? I mean, he would have to, because he was dead. So at this point, when he's exiled on Tatooine, he's communing with Qui-Gon. It would make sense. Okay. I, I think it would make sense. I'm not saying George Lucas wrote it that way, or... That I like it, do you, do you but think, I think it makes more sense that Obi Wan is still connected in some ways to his former right. master. Well, as I said, like as a Force ghost, I don't think you're bound by time and space right. the same way as like no. physical beings would be. But what I'm saying is that like, do you think he just like checked in on him on Tatooine? Is like, hey, how's it going, Obi Wan? Well, and then he like told him like, yeah, so this is all you have to do. And commune with the Force in this way when you die, and your whole essence will be absorbed into the Force, and you can come back just like me. Like, how did he learn that? We know Yoda was on Dagobah, but at no point in time is it ever acknowledged that Obi-Wan ever went there. Yeah, I don't think Obi-Wan has to go to Dagobah. I think whatever it is can be learned, not necessarily in that cave, because I think in that cave is whatever it is that they're facing... Or learning, mm-hmm. right, is going to be something that's teachable. It's not necessarily that the cave itself has the special yeah, thing. The <clears throat> property about it. Right. right. It's not like it's not like the Fountain of Youth or something. Got it. Um, but also, the other side of that, too, I think, is, um, you know, we know that there's a connection between um, Qui-Gon and the planet of Tatooine. Right. Because we, that's where he discovered Anakin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that there could be an interesting sub-story out there that doesn't exist, but could, I where... Just, Obi-Wan series, it might come up then. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's I, true. That's true, yeah. But, you know, because I think there is, because if we can, I'll give, for once, a benefit of the doubt to the character, <whistles> character, I say very loosely, of Qui-Gon, that he would be highly concerned about what Anakin was doing on Tatooine, and I think he might know that. He might know that 
the progeny of Anakin comes to Tatooine, he would know that Obi-Wan has come back. So I, I think there really realistically could be in those, as Luke is growing up, that Obi-Wan is getting training or something, some connection of Qui-Gon. You want me to take it a step further? Are you going to push? What if... Yes. What if... Or do you think that the Force Ghost... Because obviously you look at a guy like Palpatine, he is very knowledgeable in the Force. Um, you know, do you think that the ability that his master... Um, Darth Plagueis. Yeah, do you think... When, you know, when he says he learned how to keep people from dying or bring people back from the dead and blah, 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 stuff like that, do you think that's what he's referring to is to come back as like a spiritual being, like a force ghost? And that's like what um, Palpatine was talking to Anakin about, like bringing people from uh, back from the dead or, or something like that. Because he talks about... I think it's the dark side distortion of it. Well, because he says, you know, he can manipulate the midichlorians in your body to bring people back from the dead, blah, 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 blah. Like, do you think that could be, like, a power that he's referring to? Or that that's what he was referring to? Well, I... I His master. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think the, the dark side manipulation of the extension of life through the Force is where you end up with Palpatine, who's never died, who's this, you know, always yeah, aging... What do you mean he never dies? Always aging, decrepit being that's never given up physical life. And the light side of the force is the the willful willful giving up of life, usually in sacrifice, but not always, but but definitely allowing death to come. That's okay. so that they can that makes sense. So that they can then come back immortally as these spiritual beings. The, there's another correlation there as well, and that is that we see with the force users that are um, typically like they have some kind of mechanical element about them, some cybernetic element. Like like Luke, he has one of his hands replaced, and I think Anakin as well has a, a hand replaced. Um, we tend to find that those characters who are at least partially cybernetic, they have cybernetically replaced limbs or whatever, they... These are characters, Force-sensitive characters that have dabbled or they've felt and communed with the, you know, the dark side, right? And that has allowed them to awaken, like, or commune with the Force on a deeper level than just, like, they're only going to explore the, the light side. I feel like when Yoda went to Dagobah, he was maybe doing that because... Why else would you go to a planet that is largely attributed with uh, dark, the dark side of the force? Like, it, that planet emits dark side energy. It's not really acknowledged, per se, in the films, but you find out, like, you later... You can see it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, like, creepy, it's nasty, whatever. But, like, on a, on a light side note, it's, like, it's, it's nature. You know what I mean? And I feel like nature is the ultimate like balance and i feel like that's why the light side usually like is more natural right but that's what i was saying there is like people that go full dark side unlike palpatine but almost everybody else well, they no, have just like palpatine. they have that well they have some kind of cybernetic enhancement or or whatever to extend unnaturally extend their life 
maybe because they don't have that what you're talking about the knowledge of the side of the force that uh, Palpatine has some exclusivity on where he's like hoarding this knowledge to himself so that he can just keep coming back or regenerating his own life force by absorbing that of others and that obviously that comes in later in the saga but yeah. Um, well, because we do finally, you know, in, in episode nine, not to continue to jump on other movies, but no, Palpatine's on his own weird, like, yeah. mechanical claw. You know, he doesn't, he's not walking around like a normal human being. He's been stretched physically so thin, and he's really, literally only alive because of whatever machinery and keeping him going, and to, yeah. test tubes, and all that junk that's on that Sith planet. And there's, like, there's so much going on in those scenes for the ninth film that it's just like oh wow but it even raises even more questions too about like wait does that mean that because we remember snoke saying that uh there was there was something about i i i was here before the clone wars or whatever and so i was just like what what <laughs> like there's nobody there was no other like notable force users that survived order 66 anyways I digress, but um, but yeah, I just I thought that was interesting that he chose to exile himself on a dark force emitting planet, and one has to wonder why. Like, well, and even his abode, you know, again, it's, you don't get to see a lot of it, but he doesn't. He lives in a tree, mm-hmm. but he's outfitted the tree with all kinds of gadgetry. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if, like, somewhere in there you saw? A carving that said, like, Qui-Gon was here. Or, like, we could lay a kiss. <laughs> XOXO. They nasty. <laughs> no, but I think... And, well, and, and really all of that, I think, gets summarized into something I think we touched on before. Of this idea of the balance of the Force isn't that there's more light than dark side, but that actually, uh, literally, a balance means that there's some kind of equivalence. Whether that be that there's three light side and three dark side, or whether it be that those force users realize that there's two sides of a coin to the thing that they use and how they use it matters. That you can use light size things for, for bad, which we see with Qui-Gon, and well, many of the Jedi in the original trilogy manipulating people, and we can use dark side things for good. That the balance of the force... Like force lightning. Well, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Ray ends up using force lightning to which is another movie. But, you know, it, it, it brings up this idea that the dark and light side of the Force, it doesn't necessarily equate to good and evil. Yeah. And they try, and every time they try to shoehorn it into that, it gets turned on its head, right? Darth Vader ends up, he's the worst bad guy, ends up killing the Emperor and saving his son. You know, Luke, who's supposed to be the best Jedi, loses control and almost kills Darth Vader. So he's this ultimate light side guy who's actually not... Well, also, if you, good. if you look at what happens, like, even beyond the films with Luke, we know that he tries to start the, the like, his own Jedi Academy. The Jedi Academy, and which the, crumbles. The evil, right, exactly. But, like, the evil or the dark side energy uh, response is that all these bad things happen, not just to, to um, Kylo. Kylo, but Who? Ben. I'm kidding. But, like, we see the downfall of his Jedi Academy, and one has to wonder, is, like, 
this is just a recurring theme that I feel like Lucas is is really trying to like drive home, and that is that the more that you try to meddle with the natural order of things, whether it doesn't matter what your particular viewpoint is, like I'm doing this for a good cause or whatever, you're still utilizing a force that you don't fully understand to achieve something un by unnatural means, basically. Doesn't matter what your the morality is that you put on it. L Lucas is basically saying like the force is going to balance itself. It doesn't need to be balanced by a Jedi order. It doesn't need to be. That's like a um, I don't know. It's it's not realistic. It's not a realistic view of the force. And you would think with the Jedi order being like as old as it is that they would know that they would know that by now because they learned everything that they know from other force sensitives. Right. And you'd think that they'd have picked up those lessons as well, but you would think, but I think, and again, maybe there's a, I don't know if it's an intentional or unintentional social commentary there that how well do we really learn from our past mistakes and how do many you, mistakes do we end up making over and over and over again as humanity Right. As I say, if you're a Jedi, a bunch. <laughs> I think it's time to move on. We get to, uh, I think we should get to uh, Daddy's dinner party. Oh, dinner with Daddy. Dinner with Daddy. Isn't that not the most awkward scene? Like, I thought that was a dream sequence when I first saw it, because it's like, here you are in this big white room, and then all of a sudden you see Vader like, ha-ha, hello. And they're like, and then you see all, uh, you know, all the stormtroopers and stuff come in, and then old Billy well, D is just okay, like, but, but don't gotcha. Over that, don't gloss over the fact that it's one of the only times we see a blaster being used against Darth Vader, which is like, it goes to, yeah, it goes to prove what Obi-Wan said in episode four, right, where he's talking about the uncouthness of, of blasters as weapons rather than lightsabers. And well, then yeah, we I mean, see <laughs> you do see him get attacked with like with uh, blasters in the very opening scene of a. Uh, I guess that would be the ending scene. You don't actually see that with Darth Vader. Well, he right, comes in when it's done. I was talking about Rogue One. Right. Yeah. The the door. That's after they've attacked. But they're also not. The the rebels aren't shooting at Darth Vader, even if they were shooting at Darth Vader. This is like an assassination attempt in some ways. Mm, okay, right. Gotcha. This is this is. We've seen Han shoot Greedo discreetly and kill him. Now, this is the next time we kind of see this dueling Han, but Darth Vader's like, this isn't even an issue. He just, like, puts his hand up, and it's like, you can't hurt me. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, it's such a great, evil, dark, powerful moment. Well, he is the Dark Lord. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want to tell him, or should I tell him? You should tell him. There's only one Dark Lord. And his name is Sauron. Uh, I was thinking his name was Voldemort. No. Oh, he's who shall not be named. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I haven't uh, read those books a long time, and I know that much. Jeez. Do they call him the Dark Lord, though? They might. Hmm. Um, I think... What's his name? Um, Malfoy's dad. I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, yes. He, I think he does... So, but wait, so you're saying there, there's a possibility that I could be right? A so, remote, oh, okay, distant, so maybe very let's, distant... So let's maybe tone back... A galaxy far, far away. Yeah, so let's tone yeah, back exactly. the sass a little bit. 
<laughs> a little less sass from Nick, please. Anyway, we see the uh, dinner party. We see the uh, ultimate act of betrayal by old Billy D. And uh, then we get to see uh, Frozen Han. Well, and that's such a, a great, and I'm sure people know this, it's not a great trivia fact anymore, but I still think it's uh, a, a smart director will let these things happen because they're so perfect. Because Han, Harrison Ford, in that moment where he's about to be frozen, he improved his response to Carrie Fisher. Oh, really? Which I is didn't the, know that. Yeah, it's the famous, I love you, I know. That was not in the script. <laughs> that was an improvised moment, but it was shot so perfectly, it fit the character of Han so perfectly. Yeah. And then uh, well, Django plus, Fett takes him, right? Or no, it's Boba Fett, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. R.I.P. Django. He got force pushed one too many times. <laughs> uh, man, really lost my head on that one. Um, but the, and then we get to the other... Nothing? You know, nope. Come on! <laughs> any other crowd, any other day, not today, not this crowd. Man. That was a head falling off joke. I know. I know. Anyway, go on. Move us forward. Well, the other, you know, the, the flip side of that scene where Luke is fighting with Darth Vader for the first time, and Darth is just messing with him, which is so great. Again, I love the older movies approach to lightsabering because that battle is great. Darth is just like, whatever. You're a silly boy and you don't know anything. I'm going to throw some stuff at you now. And also I'm going to do a big plot reveal where I, you find out I'm your dad. And dad! so can we, can we talk about that line? Because there's everyone the, thinks it's wrong. There's the Mandela effect, yeah. which I don't know if you guys have heard of or, or looked into that. Berenstain Bears. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, not to get off topic too much. That's but, very much on topic. But... How do you guys remember that line? You know what? I When he reveals that he's Luke's father. What do you think is said? Well, man, I honestly can't get anything else out of my head besides Luke, I am your father. Right. Which is not what he says. Yes. He says... No. No. I am your father. I am your, your father. father. Yeah. No! But awkward for, for like all these references in pop culture, it's like people speaking into fans that are blowing or whatever. Well, yeah, and it augments their voice that's just how you enough. Darth Vader. Right. It's, well, yeah, back in the '90s and stuff, I'm sure. But um, no, it's an OnlyFans account. Oh gosh. Anyways. Anyways. Jedi Knight. That. We'll cut that out. That is probably one of those moments where a lot of people were just like, they had to rewatch that scene at least two or three times after not not probably watching it for like a good couple of years. Because they were so sure it was, Luke, I am your father. And then to be told, no, I am your father. You know is... what, it's probably from a Tommy Boy where he's got his face on the fan and he's repeating it over and over again. That could be it. Well, I was going to say, that lots of these smartly. things get, that get misremembered, it's, 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 a, 
it's a it's a sequence of things like that where it's misrepresented once or twice in a different pop culture area. Yeah. And then it just sparks fire from there. Because if you watch the original scene, like linguistically, it wouldn't make sense for him to say, Luke, I am your father. Because what he says, the conversation is like, what did you Obi-Wan can, tell you? Yeah, he says, and you Luke killed says, my father. I learned, I know, like, right, exactly. That you, that you betrayed and murdered my father. Well, if he's interjecting right after he says that, he's like, Luke, I am your father. Then that would make sense. Like, Luke, comma, I am your father. But that we know that's not what happens. But I just want to say, like, linguistically, if he's interjecting, like, he's trying to interrupt him after Luke is saying, like, well, Obi-Wan told me that you killed my father. Right, but he's not interjecting. He's, he's teasing, right? He's been taunting Luke the whole time. Because I think, because that's the other thing. And that would be a mood shift then. Yeah, right? it's intense, right. Because he's just cut off his arm. Luke's inchworming his way away. He's still playing with him. Right? Oh, yeah, it's cat and mouse. That's so, like, twisted, though, that, like, he would cut off the... He knows that he's... That's his son. Correct. And he's still, like, playing Hey, like father, him. like son, am I right? <laughs> well, yes. Matching. They're, they're poetry. These movies are like poetry. They really uh, George Lucas, 2020. You better be glad he didn't take the legs, too, while he was at it. Yeah, that would have been. Hey, can we talk about how, like, man, what a shot in the dark it was for Luke to just be like, bye, and just let go. And get, like, knowing that if he's going to fall into one of these holes, if he was like, yeah, I'll get sucked into one of these vacuum holes. But they lead to right outside, which leads to you falling out into space. Yeah, but don't we see the moment where he... Or either, like, Leia or something. There's something. There's a connection he, between he, him and the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, Someone but she, Falcon. she just happens to get a feeling that he is down there. Right. But that's but, how the Force works. Yeah, I know. I'm aware of that. But I'm saying he got shot out of a big hole and just happened to be able to grab onto some antenna. And she knew that he was in trouble and came and got him. Mm-hmm. Like, he was saying, Leia, Leia, and she, like, heard it. But he only has one hand. What if he had just, like, slipped? Like, he's a little bit sweaty because he's been fighting. Haven't you seen what's the like two hundred seventeen or whatever the movie where the guy like, gets his arm caught in the rock the mountain climbing? Isn't movie? that one hundred twenty-seven hours? That one. I said two seventeen. It's just like this. Couldn't have been more wrong. Right. It's just like it's that survival. Yeah, it's that survival instinct. But yeah. So then I just want to know how much trash is on the floor of that planet like the ground level probably not because that that, that Where, cloud... what do you think the cloud is it's what like poison gas no <laughs> that same cloud is over california really a bunch of smog well they because they shot it in california hashtag redwoods they just they just used the seattle space needle as like the background <laughs> all right so i think i mean that's pretty much the end of the movie though right Billy, the, uh, they, uh... Yeah, they take the... Now you got me saying Django, jerk. They, uh... Yeah, they take Han to Tatooine. Oh, okay. It's my accent. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, they, they... Han gets taken away. They heal Luke's hand, give him a new one. And then cool music plays. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's time for, uh... Favorite character, least favorite character, one through ten. Nicholas, favorite character, least favorite character, one through ten. Uh, favorite character for episode five is 
probably going to be Yoda. Because he's senile and funny. Like, I mean, in he a gym... He treehouse into an opium den. In, li- in like a Jim Henson, you know, warped pseudo-Muppets universe kind of way, it's, it, he's funny. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, of course, me watching it as a kid, like, I, it, it, for whatever reason... I just drew a correlation between the Muppets and, you know... Could have been Kermit. Yoda. But, anyways, that's... Yeah, green. That's my favorite Whoa! character. Least favorite. Least favorite character is is probably Force Ghost Obi-Wan. Because I feel like he's, like, on the other side. He could, like... <laughs> what? No, keep going, keep going. What? I'm not even going to go. Just keep going. He's devoted the last, like, 20-something years of his life for Luke. He told him one little lie, and you can't get over that. No, that's not what I was talking about. My, go. my thing is, is that he he makes himself, like, appear. He comes back, and he guides Luke out of the Wampa cave or whatever. Uh, and then he comes and appears to him again on Dagobah. Again, just reinforcing the fact that he's not bound by space and time, right? He can appear seemingly anywhere at any point in time. Well, I'd like to believe but, that he was actually holding on to the back of the X-Wing okay. in A New Hope right. when he says. <laughs> like, if we zoomed out, we'd see him. Like, But, like, realistically, I'm just so disappointed in, in uh, Obi-Wan's Force Ghost because I'm just like, he had every opportunity... To, like, give them intel on where Darth Vader is and what he's doing or what he's searching for. It just, like, I don't know. I just feel like that's cheat mode, basically. And there's no morality as a Force ghost. Like, you can do whatever you want, pretty much. We saw that. We see it later in the saga with with um, Luke. But my, my point is, is like that's why he's my least favorite character. But if you have that mentality, you should also be saying, why doesn't he just randomly go up and just lightsaber him through the back? But that's... Like, why doesn't Obi-Wan just like appear right behind Darth Vader or Palpatine and just cut their heads off? Well, because the, they, well, Luke's astral projection of himself doesn't have physical capabilities like that. It doesn't, he doesn't cause damage. Wait, are you talking about before he... he like disappeared yeah okay yeah because i was gonna say like when he's still um corporeal i don't know when he's still like human he's still in his body and he's like super meditating on rock like yeah projecting himself he doesn't actually do anything really he's just a projection but just not but then you go one movie later and he lifts up his x-wing out of the water but that's using the force, not a lightsaber. This is my I'm point. just saying, but he catches a lightsaber because Ray throws it I in think, the fire and he walks okay. it back out. Okay, so, okay. We're getting a little carried away on just this part. I know, just but, but, the whole point, but the whole point of that was is you were complaining that he didn't do more to help out considering that he has no restrictions on where he could go. And if that was the case, he could just grab the lightsaber and kill Vader and kill Palpatine and the whole movie would have been over. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I agree with you. I'm not mad at that. That's, that, and that. And that was my whole point of at the end. It's a lot is less. If, if Luke this whole time can interact and do things as right. a force ghost, right. 
when he see why does he not show up at the end when uh, Kylo Ren and uh and, and Rey are fighting Palpatine? Right. I just I, I just did not like the portrayal of the Force Ghost in, okay. in this film. And the only one that we do see is Obi Wan. Now, even when they go and they remastered it after the prequels, right? And they went and added all that CGI, right? They had an opportunity where they could have like done a little cameo of like Qui Gon as a Force ghost in in the in Episode Five as well. They're next to Obi Wan, but yeah, that's I really not, hate the fact that they brought Anakin in. That's not or, uh, Hayden Christensen in as a uh, Vader after yeah that's in, that's in, in the next movie. film in the yeah, next film, but not that. not in this one. But like, but yeah, that would, he's probably my least favorite character in this film because. He's seen so much stuff on the other side as a force ghost, and you're—he's not giving them anything. Like, and plus, again, going back to what we were talking about before, he's not even aware that there's that Leia's a force user. I'm just like, dude, where? What are you doing? Are you guys just playing like not, poker? Yeah. Like, I see what you're saying. How do you not go? Hey, you know, Leia's your sister, right? Right, exactly. Like he could, he could tell. He knows like so much about the ways of the force at this point. He's like literally one with it, and yet he's just not gonna. I'm, I'm just poking around, guys. Just putzing around. That's a valid point. Just seeking riddles, you know. Hey, one through ten. What do you got? One through ten. I'll give it. Um, I think I'll give episode five. Uh, five actually. Yeah, Benjamin. Favorite character, least favorite character. Oh, this character is Han Solo for sure, in this movie specifically. In this movie, he's a great character all around. But this is where you really see the heights and both, you know, the highest and lowest of his his approach to life, right? In the way that he treats Leia, in the way that his friendship with Lando is, in the developing relationship and kinship with Luke. You know, he's He's not just this wild card that we see in A New Hope. He's not this sort of... Uh, I can't think of a word that's... When he gets with the Rebels, all of a sudden he becomes this like uber good guy in return. I think Empire is the truest Han in that he's, he's a real person who still is kind of playing the line between doing things for himself... And doing things for the good of others. And it's this real conflict that's shown in the way that he's put. Whereas and he's very selfish in A New Hope. And he's very selfless in yeah. Empire or, uh, Return. Least favorite. Mm, I don't know. Well, I can't believe this is that hard. Yeah, it's my favorite movie. Of, the, of all of the nine Star Wars movies, it's my favorite. Yep. Um... I would I would almost go with Force Ghost Kenobi, but I think that's the worst character in Return, and I want to say it twice. So that's fair. That, that's a hard. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to list anybody as your least favorite. Yeah, it's hard because there's not everything I think is necessary. Everything tells. I mean, uh, probably some side character that's in there. R two is a little annoying. R two and Yoda's interaction is very weird. And I like it, and I don't. So is that? Are you coming from a place where you're like reading into like Yoda knows R two a little bit, but also and R two knows Yoda, but also R two is hostile, kind of for no reason, and right. I don't like thinking of R two that way. 
R2 seems to be friendly and useful and helpful because he's a droid. And he has a personality, but he's a droid. And I think what we see in Empire is less true R2. It's not as bad as the R2 in the prequels. But, I don't know, Always as a kid it bugged me, and even now it still bugs me. Just a little bit. Alright, 1 through 10. Uh, 9. Whoa! I think that's the highest rating he's uh, given. Yeah, it's the highest rated any of us have given. Wow. I would, if I could only watch a Star Wars movie, if I had to pick one Star Wars movie that exists, I could only watch one of the entire sequence of all the movies. Not just the trilogies, but even I'll the see, extra mine things. Be, mine would or be the episode, Mandalorian. Mine would be episode three. See, but I... Uh, I'm just There's kidding. something wrong with you. <laughs> I feel like you have to qualify that, though. Because, like, what, I, what but, makes you... F- feel that this is that rewatchable because it's that great of a movie it has interesting character arcs it has interesting settings it has great dialogue and great music it has interesting twists and turns that that are emotionally captivate you even though even when you already know what's going to happen when that when the door opens and you see Darth Vader it's always a oh yeah this is that moment right when they have the fight the the, the lightsaber fight it's that same feeling. The, the fight scene on Hoth is always interesting. That's true. It's a great movie. That's true. Not just a Star Wars movie. It's a great movie. I feel like the energy... Man, he got also, you there. I feel like... <laughs> what is this? Like, you on that one. Yeah, that answer ready. This is not a back and forth like that. But I was going to say, like, I can remember seeing, like, copies of the... Or, like, read, renditions of the movie poster... That was probably like plastered all over movie theaters all over America when the, this this was essentially the sequel to the last Star Wars movie and love it or hate it it still did really well the first one did A New Hope and then when you get The Empire Strikes Back it's like the energy is palpable like the anticipation you see Luke and he's in like this outfit or whatever and he's got what was it a blue lightsaber or a green lightsaber i thought it was green i think it's green at the beginning of the movie i think it's is it blue or green it should be it's blue <clears throat> blue it should be because it's his father's isn't it or is it obi-wan's either way they were both blue okay it was in the, in the it was in the third it was he in, makes his own lightsaber and that one is green the return of the jedi yeah. is when it's okay so, but the the energy was palpable though when the when this the sequel of the of a new hope came out in theaters, and like I think people had that same association with it. They were just like, "Oh, so great!" It was Damn. a great follow up to the to the. Well, I mean, he, I mean, he gave be, some sound reasons why. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. And to be fair, obviously, it doesn't make sense without the context of a new hope, at least. Yeah. But that doesn't take away from. Excellent cinematography, excellent writing, excellent well, I'll be, directing. Uh, I'll be ready for you to critique my answers right now. Oh. Okay. I can't wait. So my favorite character in this one, <laughs> Darth Vader. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think, yeah, I'm waiting for my next one is what's going to get you. <laughs> He's, uh, I think, I mean, I think this is this is classic Darth Vader. You see him, like we said, uh, he has like his surprise moments where he's in Cloud City and he's like... Bet y'all didn't expect me to be here. And then he's fighting Luke, and he's just like, <laughs> like, this is so funny, kid. And he just chops his hand off, and then he's like, um, also, your daddy. Uh, so he doesn't quite say it like that. I changed the words just a little bit. <laughs> just, a, but, just a smidge. Uh, 
Yeah. Go ahead. So back to one. Can you start that whole conversation? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, but like he's he's you know he just not only does he like he just beat the crap out of Luke, really just toying with him, but then he roasts him by being like, ha, "Your mentor lied to you. I'm your daddy, boy." And it's just like makes him so mad that he just like lets go. And it's like, man, what a moment. My least favorite character has always been my least favorite character. Lando. Really? Yes, I cannot. I'm not a Lando fan at all. And I'll tell you why. If I was going to betray Ben to Nick, like if Nick is Vader and I made a deal with him, I would, I would <laughs> go like this. Why Vader? I would be like, hey, man. your voice is so low. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would be, it's your soft palate. I would be like, hey, Ben, just to let you know, Vader's in there. I made a deal with him for blah, blah, blah. Like, I would let you know somehow that, like, I'm tricking you, but I got an arrangement to save your friends, and this is literally the best thing that I could do. But, like, he finds out that Han is coming here, and he sells him out to Vader. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it was just like Vader was like, I know he's coming here, you're going to help me. I think, like, he, he sells Han out. Okay, but you have to look at this in the light of what happened in A New Hope. Because they know that the Empire has the ability to destroy planets. Which is the ability to destroy entire capitalist systems. And if Lando is anything... Yeah, but... Right, he isn't, cares isn't, about making money. And correct me if I'm wrong here. Isn't uh, the Death Star got destroyed? Is The the new one's not up and running in this movie, is it? Right, but my point is... Or you just saying people enough, don't forget... Right, that's enough of a power play that when literally the, like, figurehead, in some ways, of the Empire, the, the acting arm... Because Darth Vader isn't like Palpatine where he's just observing. He's, like, on the ground. He gets in the ship that Leia's on. I mean, he's active in pushing forward the program of the Empire. So when that person comes to you and says, this is what needs to happen... I know, but my, but my point is is I don't think Vader just shows up there by luck. He has to no, call no, no. him and say, hey, they're coming here. Correct. So that, to me, is just like the ultimate act of betrayal. So his city, like, wasn't in danger. It was only in danger because he brought Vader to them. No, I think it's... No, no, no. They know... Because the bounty hunters oh, that's right. are they the ones have that let them know how Either all way, of that is happening. I, I think a heads up would have been nice. I just think it was kind of a shady move. I don't like him. I don't like him in this That's movie. True. It was a through and through betrayal because oh, yeah. I'm not disagreeing was, with that. There was no heads up whatsoever. That's like, what I'm saying. Like he could have been like, "Hey, Vader's back here. My bad, dog. Y'all like y'all should get back on the ship." Yeah. <laughs> or he could have looked at Chewie and been like, <laughs> and Chewie have been like, "Oh snap, we gotta go, Han." But no, he didn't. He was just like, "Oh my gosh, hey guys, let me kiss this beautiful lady's hand." Come on in here, let's eat dinner. Gotcha! And then Vader's like, <laughs> he doesn't laugh, but I assume he was pretty tickled when he walked in. That was a pretty good, like, bouncer <laughs> laugh, though. Like, you could be a bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's my least favorite character is Lando. I don't like him in this movie. I don't like him in the next one. I don't like him in episode nine. Like, I just don't did, like him. Did Do you like him in... Uh, nope. Solo? Nope. I thought I thought he was actually quite charming. In and here's why I don't like him in Solo. Like he developed like a semi relationship with him, and then like he just abandons him on that place and takes off and leaves with the Falcon. 
He's just a he's just a bad friend. So you feel about Lando, how I feel about George Lucas. Yes, that's a good way of doing it. And I would say my one through ten, uh, probably uh, I'd go seven, solid seven. It's a it's a good movie. It's not my favorite. I think it's but, interesting that both of you gave it such high ratings. Man, you know what? Like I went into this thinking that it was like my least favorite out of all of them. But after more we've talked about it, like the more I like it. But it's got Lando in it. I'm changing my mind. It's a six. <laughs> oh, wow. That took a turn. Yeah. I'm giving it a six. Because you're right. That is too high. It is my least favorite out of all of them. Yeah, you just don't have any taste. It's okay. What are you going to do? I'm better than Matt. I think you showed up. Uh, you got that. It's half the battle. <sighs> well, any last thoughts before we wrap this up? Final thoughts? I got none. I just hope that, you know, as, as we talk more about the coming films in the saga, that we have a better opinion of Force Ghost activity. Yeah. Um, as we kind of talked about loosely here, you know, they do have more of an active role in the saga, but I, I just I still can't get over Force Ghost Ben Kenobi. Well, we all have our, uh, we're all allowed to have wrong opinions, so. Right. And we're glad to know when someone recognizes and admits they have a wrong opinion. I was referring to myself, not to you. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm normally wrong about how I judge characters. Well, that's because you like the original trilogy that doesn't have characters. Oh, I didn't, I don't like it. It's just, it's. I will quote the message you sent. Oh, I oh. liked it when I watched it with my child because she got a kick out of it. Things are getting so real right now. Man, I'm about to hang this thing up. Let's find it. Um, car, car, open. Call me. This is not even that big of a deal. Oh, it is. You made it into a big deal. Gosh. So I can't stand it. Good morning, boys. I have a confession. I watched episode one again. I actually really enjoyed it. I But what's the next part? Keep going. I watched it with my kid. No, what you said is, maybe I just enjoyed it more with Kaylee watching, but I did like it. Yeah, I liked her reaction. Is that what you said? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. Tune in next week where I kill Ben. Goodbye.